In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. It's not often in the gospel that we see our Lord praising other people. There's really no need for that. Although we do see in this little uh, scene of the widow a real uh, appreciation that Jesus has for her action. And he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the multitude putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums, and a poor widow came and put in two copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, her whole living. The generosity of this poor widow, which Jesus appreciates and points out, he uses her generosity as a context to teach. His apostles are with him, basically saying to them, look, look at her, look at her way. And this, in this meditation, we're not going to consider the virtue of detachment or poverty directly. What we're looking at here, the context of this woman's generosity is her complete trust in God. And the fact that she doesn't have a lot to offer, really. Although the point our Lord is making is that she is offering everything she has. And that's much like our lives We don't have a lot to offer you, Lord, the poor creatures, but we are called to offer you everything. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. In this time of prayer, it's good to consider that. Am I loving God with all my heart? Am I giving him everything, even though it's just little things, really? That's what our Lord wants of us, really. Everything which will be a culmination of lots of little things. That's the way life is. The way St. John ends his gospel is very intriguing. Perhaps we've considered it before in our prayer. But there are also many other things which Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written... I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. So much our Lord did. St. John is having a hard time uh, describing how much our Lord did. The world itself could not contain the books that would be written. And I don't think that St. John is necessarily referring to a whole other slew of miracles that our Lord performed. Perhaps there were others, probably. There were other miracles that we do not have recorded in the gospel. But I imagine 
most of these things that St. John is referring to are little things, little acts of love for, for the people, taking time to have a conversation with the people, a little bit of teaching, just so many things our Lord did. And they weren't all miracles. And so we too, our Lord asks of us that we do our best, that we give our best, that we give our all. Probably, again, it'll be lots of little things. Just St. Josemaria, I, th- I think we could say, had a real devotion to little things. He didn't like the, uh, I don't know, the extraordinary accounts. And, and there are, he'd be, miracles to this day, of course, happen. But our Lord wants just the, the daily effort to discover him, well, as St. Josemaria would put it, in the most visible and, and material things. And so as we go about our lives, we should strive to find him there. We're not going to have a lot of uh, Walter Mitty moments, a lot of opportunities for heroics. Our, our heroic verse will have to be written with the little things of daily life. And here in this month of May, I think we can look to our Blessed Mother Mary in a wonderful way in this context. We don't have a lot, really, from Scripture about Mary's life. You know, certainly the infancy gospels. And a few moments there, and, and while Jesus is doing his public preaching, of course, there she is at the foot of the cross. We have a reference to her in the early church, the Acts of the Apostles, but we don't have a lot about Mary's life. But one th- theme that I think we can recognize is this pondering things in her heart. We see that a couple of times in Scripture. After the visit of the shepherds, after the birth of Christ, Mary pondered that in her heart. After she and St. Joseph find Jesus as a 12-year-old in the temple preaching, Mary pondered that in her heart. And I don't think Mary was just a dreamer. That's a nice nice little occurrence. I think St. Luke had a point of saying that. She pondered these things in her heart. St. Josemaria would say, love is deeds and not sweet words. I think Mary is getting deeper into her love for God precisely by pondering those things that happen in her life. And in those incidents, we don't have a follow-up as to what she did immediately after pondering those things in her heart. So I think much like Jesus, as St. John ends his gospel, did many other things that the gospel doesn't record. I think in the life of Mary, there must have been so many little things that she did for love of God, for love of neighbor, that we just don't know about. But we can use our imagination, how good Mary is, how close she is to the Lord. Now, that being said, I think there there is a moment in which we have some uh, concrete follow-up as to what Mary did after pondering things in her heart, the Annunciation itself. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and considered in her mind what sort of greeting this might be. 
So if we were to end there, we could imagine, okay, what, what did Mary do with that? that, that phrase from the angel? But in this case, we, we do have a follow-up, the, the plans of God, and what, how Mary reacts. We don't need to go through the whole story, the whole account of the Annunciation. We know it very well. The angel explains to Mary what is to happen, that she will be the mother of the Savior, you shall call his name Jesus. How, and so Mary's, okay, she's listening, she's engaged, she continues to uh, think things through, ponder. And how, how shall this be, since I have no husband? And the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. He, he continues to describe what will happen if she says yes. So in this uh, pondering, we say this prayer of Mary, we do see how she reacts. We know the story so well. Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary's prayer, her pondering, has results. In this case, she says yes to the will of God to be the mother of God. And in so many other occasions in her life, like St. John Paul II said, Mary's yes at the Annunciation didn't just stop there. Her whole life was a yes. Not just at the Annunciation, and not just at the foot of the cross, where she's saying yes to the plan of God there. She's the woman of faith at the foot of the cross, but Throughout her life, we can see Mary saying yes, or can certainly imagine what her life must have been like, because again, the scripture doesn't reveal a lot about Mary's everyday life. St. Josemaria has a, a nice little point in the way that alludes to the way of Mary. Mary most holy, mother of God, passes unnoticed just as one more among the women of her town. Learn from her how to live with naturalness. Indeed, with naturalness, with the little things of daily life, we can fulfill the will of God. We can imitate Mary's yes. Let it be done to me according to thy word. Jesus, help me to recognize those moments, which are constant, the opportunity to say yes, every moment, really, literally, every moment of our life is an opportunity to say yes to the will of God. And it'll probably be the little duty of the moment. St. Josemaria said, a little thing done for love is worth so much. And in one of his points in the way, in this case, the topic is mortification, but we could call it little things too, I think. The appropriate word you left unsaid. The joke you didn't tell. The cheerful smile for those who bother you. That silence when you're unjustly accused. Your kind conversation with people you find boring and tactless. The daily effort to overlook one irritating detail or another in those who live with you with you. 
This is the way. This is the way of, of a Christian. These little things. Do I recognize them? And when I do recognize them, do I respond with, with charity, with generosity? There's a book called The Wind in the Willows, a novel by Kenneth Graham. It's, it's a group of animals that um, are friends. They befriend each other. And one of the scenes, is, it's a little subtle thing, but I think it's a good lesson for us humans. Uh, the river rat and the mole have arrived to the home of the toad, who has the best house on the river, really. And he's proud of it. Finest house on the whole river, cried Toad boisterously. Or anyone else, or anywhere else for that matter, he could not help adding. So here's this Toad, proud of his house, bragging a bit. Here, the river rat nudged the mole. Listen to this guy. Unfortunately, the toad saw him do it and turned very red. There was a moment's painful silence. This is this awkward situation, right? They're, they're poking fun at their, their host. Yeah. And uh, he's a bit embarrassed, and they are too, really. Then the toad burst out laughing. All right, Ratty, he said. It's only my way, you know. He lets it pass by. Here is a story, it's a novel about some animals, but this happens in in real life, in in human life, doesn't it? A little awkward moment, perhaps poking fun at someone who don't think they're paying attention, but they're. And what would my response be when maybe I detect some uh, someone poking fun at me? The toad could have said, get out of this house right now. You don't appreciate it. No, he just burst out laughing. A little thing. But giving a great warmth to the whole situation, which could have been a bit of a disaster, really. Now, again, at the human level, that that takes material life, really, to uh, take things in stride, to have that proper sense of meekness, not being defeated by, I don't know, just, uh, misunderstandings or, or even betrayals, or for that matter, slander. St. Josemaria suffered a lot in that regard, and he just took it in stride, forgave immediately, laughed. So in everyday life, we'll have opportunities to say yes to God. In dealing with others, obviously in our work, in our good use of time. Here we are these days, uh, hunkering down. How is my use of time? Do I string the day together with lots of little things to say yes to the will of God? Yes, in my work, in, in, in my fraternity, in, in my reaching out to other people, getting out of myself. And that, with, that can go a long way. A little thing done for love is worth so much. Who knows? That phone call, oh, I don't feel like it. Well, okay, I'll pick up the phone and call that, that family member or that friend. 
five minutes, ten minutes. And after they hang up, wow, what a good friend I have. What a good son I have. People, people benefit from that. We might not think much of it, but Lord, it's you who do all things. I don't, what makes a parent happy? I think one of the most cherished moments of parents is when one of their children just spontaneously says, I love you. Almost out of the blue. Just something there sparks the little kid, or for that matter, the, the young adult, uh, the son, the daughter. Mom, I love you. And Dad, I love you. That's a great joy for a parent. We should do that with our Father God. And we can. Just spontaneously say, I love you. On the basis of little things. How pleasing that is to God. That, that, again, those things that St. Josemaria mentioned, just to, just to name a few. Yeah, the appropriate word you left unsaid. Yeah, the smile for someone who bothers you overlooking irritating details and those around you, that's saying, I love you to God and to that person. That's Christianity. That's imitation of Jesus Christ and imitating Our Lady. Say, Let it be done to me according to thy word. Our Lord doesn't ask for the... <laughs> he doesn't ask for impossibilities. He wants our whole heart. And it, it's not much. Really, but what he can do with that. In John's chapter 6, we have a beautiful series of uh, words of our Lord, the miracle of our Lord. That's where the, the chapter begins, really. Lifting up his eyes and seeing that a multitude was coming to him, Jesus said to Philip, how are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? And Jesus wants to take care of the people. He's Jesus. He's God. He cares. He has this, this heart that goes out to the people. How are we going to take care of them? This he said to test Philip, for he himself knew what he was to do. Philip answered him, two hundred denarii would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they among so many? Well, we'll, we'll soon find out, won't we? These you know, thousands of people, and all we have are five barley loaves and two fish. Well, good for you know, good, good for Andrew. He does. He, he's well. Here's something anyway. Not much, but here, Lord, here's something, and our Lord will take that. He'll use that as part of the miracle. The Lord is teaching us a lesson here. Oh, we we have. We don't have much. We have our, our five barley loaves and two fish. You know, the, you know, the life that we have, the talents, our defects, that's all we have to offer our Lord. But he wants it. 
Let's not hold back. Let him do the work. With God, all things are possible. St. Paul. St. Paul recognized his, his limitations, his sins. I'm the least of all of the apostles, he would say. And yet he gave, his, he gave everything. I can do all things in him who strengthens me. That's the way we, we can live. We should live with faith. And so this, that, that little act of kindness, that little bit of work, that little sacrifice, indeed, can, can go a long way in the hand, if we place it in the hands of our Lord. If we count on the, Our Lady's help and the example of our mother, again, who passes just as one more in the village with such naturalness. Mary, teacher of the sacrifice that is hidden and silent. See her, nearly always in the background, cooperating with her son. She knows and remains silent. Mary's not seeking any attention for herself. Mary, going about her daily life. Mary caring for the others. I can imagine the friendships that Mary must have had in, in, her, in her town. This uh, thinking of the other, this uh, St. Josemaria called it this psychological prejudice of always thinking of the others. And if we live that way, Lord, give me that. I don't have it. Please give me that psychological prejudice, that, that way of thinking. Where my life is about the other. And not just in general, not, not just mankind in general, but the people I have right next to me, my family members, my friends, colleagues at work. It would help me to reach out to them, think, how can I, we'll say, no, as we would say, how can I make their life more pleasant? How can I sacrifice myself and make their life more pleasant? I, I was... Uh, carrying on my studies in Rome, it, when Blessed Alvaro, Don Alvaro, the father, the prelate of Opus Dei at the time, passed away in 1994. Suddenly, he was uh, he'd just returned from a trip to the Holy Land, and uh, the very next morning he passed away. His body was laid out in state there at the prelatic church of Opus Dei in Rome. People could go and pray. It was very moving, seeing people pass their rosaries or crucifixes over, over the, uh, the body of, of, of Blessed Alvaro. The Pope, Pope John Paul II, went to visit and to pray later that day. One of the fellows we were studying with later on, he, he made a guy from Mexico. He said, wow, I, couldn't, I, want, I went there and I reached into my pocket. I wanted to pass my crucifix over, over the, the, the body of Blessed Alvaro, but I didn't have it. I thought I had it in my pocket. Couldn't find it. Well, okay, no big deal, but you know, it would have been nice. Well, a few days later, uh, he received a note via the, the rector of the Roman College where we studied, and um, he said, oh, yeah. Ramon, here's your crucifix. Um, it, was, it was in the laundry. You left it in the pocket in the laundry, and uh, the staff, you know, members of Opus Dei, take care of of the centers of Opus Dei, the ministration, they took it to Villa Tevere and they passed it over the, over the body of Blessed Alvaro. So he's so happy. He's, wow, they thought of that. You know, to think, well, here's this, they found this crucifix in, the, in the, uh, the, the laundry that day. For sure he'd want that. And they, they, they got it there. And a little thing, 
But the, the point is thinking of the other. We're th we've got to be thinking of the others. What, what can we do to make life nice for the others? Especially things that bring them closer to God, of course. Here we are in this m month of May. Maybe that might be a way to think of the other. Help them get close to our Blessed Mother Mary. Make a pilgrimage, for example. Help people discover the beauty of Mary, the love of Mary. She is our mother. And yes, she wants us to say to Jesus, I love you. She doesn't, she has no interest in herself. She wants us to go to Jesus and say, Jesus, I love you. God, I love you. And being a good mother, and she is our mother, of course, Mary, we say to you, I love you. Thank you for your love for Jesus. Thank you for saying yes to Jesus. Mary, I love you. Mary, help me to recognize those little moments throughout the day, little things in which I can say, I love you, to Jesus. And again, there's everyday things that show we're attentive. We're attentive to the, to, to the voice of God, really, to the, to, the, to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Just noticing someone who might need a bit of help, material help. Am I quick to pitch in? Can I give up that 10 minutes to help out that, or more, perhaps? But do I strive to find God there? Or am I wrapped up in my own things too much? Am I willing to overlook a little awkward moment like that? And that river rat, the mole, the toad, the toad who just laughs. He doesn't make a, a big drama moment out of that offense, that little mini offense. Well, in my good use of time, which is a treasure. St. Josemaria said, time is a treasure. All for the love of God. A little thing done for love is worth so much. A priest mentioned there in Rome that in the life, little anecdote in the life of Saint Jose Maria, he was walking in the underground area of Villa Tevere, basically the central headquarters of Opus Dei there in Rome. And normally he would have gone through a different hallway, but he didn't want to disturb the work of the administration that was working there. So he went down underneath to get to another part of the house, you know, through the basement essentially. All the, the, the boiler and the pipes and all that. And he was, he was walking along and he paused and he stopped and he looked, there were some others with him. And there he saw up against the wall some boxes which had been stacked very orderly. The big ones on the bottom and the medium ones and the small ones. There were these boxes stacked up against the wall in the hallway. And he looked and he said to those with him, he said, you know, I don't know which son of mine did this work, but he understands Opus Dei. He's stacking boxes. Yet there's a, I guess you could say there's a holy way to stack boxes and a not so holy way to stack boxes. I'm in a hurry, I want to get back to my important work upstairs. This doesn't really matter and just get them out of the way. Just throw the, you know, somebody took the time to do that, that work well. A little thing. But St. Josemaria noticed that. Well, more importantly, God. God noticed that. So in our day, little things throughout the day, 
our, my office or my room? How does that look? Do, do I keep order there? Just little things of detail, little details there for love. Um, it, helping others at meals, not thinking of myself only. Just, of course, there's, there's nonstop it's not this opportunity to live this uh, I love you to God throughout the day. It, putting my two copper coins like that, that poor widow, she has virtually nothing, but she gives everything. And that's what we're trying to do as we offer the little things of life to God and to our neighbor. Let's ask our Blessed Mother to help us, to help us say yes. Like she at the Annunciation, she prays, she ponders things in her heart, she's aware. And precisely that prayer, that openness to the voice of God, to the promptings of the Holy Spirit allows her to say yes. Sometimes it will be bigger things that we say yes to, but normally it'll be little things. Either way, let's, like our Blessed Mother, always be available to the love of God, who's loving us by inviting us in to his life. And so with Mary, let us always say, behold the handmaid of the Lord. Here I am, Lord, to do your will. Let it be done to me according to thy will. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.